But a bill was passed in the Canadian legislator, legislature, sorry, and uh, went into effect this past week, and it, it, it passed it with unanimous consent. There was not anyone who opposed uh, this bill, but the, the bill effectively has the potential to make preaching against sin um, or a sin a crime, um, a punishable you know, crime with, with uh, jail time, you know, associated with it. And so um, what had taken place is that a, a letter had been sent to John MacArthur, and, and um, so him reading that um, and a request in the letter being given to him that this particular Sunday that those who would stand, you know, with our brethren in Canada would preach upon sexual immorality. Um, And so that's really what my intention is this morning. But before I do, I wanted to go and read to you what had been sent uh, unto me. Uh, Brother MacArthur said on December 22nd, I received an email from Pastor James Coates that may mean something to you. You may know that name. Anybody familiar with James Coates? Okay. He's the the pastor of Grace Life Church in Edmonton, uh, Alberta, Canada, that was uh, imprisoned for keeping his church open, you know, during the COVID-19 uh, lockdowns. So the, the relationship there between MacArthur and, and, uh, and uh, Coates is that Coates went to Master Seminary, um, you know, there where John MacArthur, you know, pastors, there's, there's a seminary there, and uh, uh, Brother Coates actually graduated from that, uh, that seminary. I think it's interesting some of the, how many people have had here had for prior knowledge of this of this bill's passage i'm I'm guessing that Donnie may have said something to to you guys about it no um you know what the the bill the bill number is no <laughs> it's good but no um c four now, I don't know if C4 means anything to you. Yes, I figured Cohen was going to say something. Yeah, it's an explosive. You know, all the movies have, you know, the military's got C4, they, the plastic explosive, you know, they put on there and they got the, the, the wires and all that go into it and they get around the corner and they explode it. Um, so, you know, we might, we might would say that this is a, kind of an explosive, you know, bill in a sense. Um, you know, a lot of times in buildings, and I know Steve built buildings. He didn't demolish buildings, but but in buildings, a lot of times there's then they're going to demolish it. There's cracks. They'll stick that you know in the cracks of the building, in order to you know explode you know the building and the cracks you know further. Um, but it certainly is is a crack in the social fabric you know of our of our society, and it's I, I know that particular thing is not necessarily here, um, and they're still waiting, to be fair, they're, they're waiting to see exactly what's going to happen, and that's, that's one of the reasons why they're, they're kind of testing the waters, you know, today. Um, I mean, not that they weren't going to, to continue to preach against sin, regardless of what the government said, but since that passed this week, you know, they were going to immediately, um, you know, this Sunday preach, because what the bill has to do with is the practice of conversion therapy. So if you try to convert someone from that alternative um, you know, lifestyle, whether it be any of the, the uh, LGBT, you know, Q, which I, was, I, I didn't, the Q thing, I mean, I get lost in all the, the letters that they come up with, you know. I mean, before long, it's going to be the entire alphabet. But, but um, I did see something this week where the Q was questioned. So... Uh, I guess that describes a lot of what's going on with them, you know, this question. Uh, am I, am I, uh, I told you this was going to come out yesterday. So Anna's learning Spanish, right? So she's got this app on her phone. And I'm, Teresa's cutting my hair yesterday, and Anna's sitting there at the table, and, and she's, the, the thing is asking her to, I guess it asks you to repeat, repeat a phrase. You've got to say it in you got to translate it in, in English and Spanish, okay. And she was saying, uh, I am a man. 
And of course, that strikes me immediately because my daughter's sitting there saying, I am a man, you know, but um, that's not what she was saying. But she was just, this is a phrase, you know, she, and then she said, I am a woman. And, I'm, and all this is going through my mind, you know, that I'm preaching today. And you think about this thing of question, and that is a question that didn't used to be a question, where people are saying, you know, that we're born a male. Am I a man or am I a woman? You know, born a woman, am I a woman or am I a man? Um, you know, so we, we have some of this question. Uh, there's confusion. Um, Satan's good at confusion, isn't he? Uh, our God is not a God of confusion. Uh, everything's, everything's stated, um, you know, rightly in Scripture. You're, you're, you know, there's, there's a biblical definition of marriage. There's, there's, there's male, there's female in the book of Genesis. God created them. Um, you know, there's not any confusion in Scripture, but there's confusion in the world. There's confusion among men. So it's no wonder that the Q would stand for uh, question. But <clears throat> this, this bill seeks to criminalize behavior on the part of people that would seek to correct such thinking. You know, I mean, there was a day in our country where if you would look up in, um, you know, as far as, you know, psychology was concerned, uh, if someone, you know, claimed to be gay, which that's, you know, the whole, the word there, they've taken a word that they shouldn't, it's like the rainbow, the whole thing, you know, but if they claimed to be, you know, a, a homosexual, uh, that, that that was a mental issue, that was a mental problem, you know, uh, well, it's been normalized, that's been removed, that's no longer a matter for a psychiatrist, you know. Um, and you better accept it. You know, we're beginning to legislate these things. Um, and it goes back to what you were saying earlier about men seeking to justify their sins. And, and that's what's happening. Um, you know, we have in our culture today men seeking to justify their sins. Um, you know, we can look back, uh, even, even in my, my lifetime, I can remember, you know, the, the, the drunk, you know, would hide his drinking. Um, so there's, there's, there's all sorts of things that have come, you know, out of the closet, so to speak, and have become, you know, normalized and, and men have justified and they, they expect you, um, you know, to accept, you know, this, that, that they've accepted, uh, but God hasn't accepted it. Uh, God, God never has accepted it. Um, and so, you know, they, they, they want you not to call it sin, but we can't do anything but call it what God calls it. But this, this bill passed, as I said, without a dissenting vote, not even by any member of the conservative, quote-unquote, conservative party. Um, it received what was called uh, royal assent on December the 8th, and it became law on January the 8th. And so in their criminal code in Canada, they ban what they call conversion therapy. And isn't it interesting that it's called conversion? You know, you, you think about you know, someone being, you know, saved. I mean, we call that conversion, you know. They're banning conversion, you know, therapy. Uh, so they criminalize, among other things, causing another person to undergo conversion therapy, promoting or advertising conversion therapy. Um, in the preamble of the bill, it states that heterosexuality um, and sex that assigns or, or sex assigned to a person at birth um, are them being preferred over the perversions that we're seeing in our day, that them being preferred over, preferred over um, you know, someone saying that they're trans or whatever, um, that that's just a myth, that there's, there's no longer any sort of division there. You need to accept, just like heterosexual, homosexual, they're all in the same you know, playing field, you know, they're all the same level, you know, One's not to be discriminated against over, you know, the other. So any practice or treatment or service designed to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual, since that's, you know, somebody would say, if someone would say that was the norm, heterosexual is the norm, they're saying that's a myth. You know, that's, that's no longer a thought. You can't say that heterosexual is the norm and anything else other than heterosexual is abnormal is what they're saying. So to convert someone to um, being heterosexual from 
those other identities um, is is behavior that they're not is no longer welcome. Um, they're not going to accept uh, any longer. So everyone who knowingly causes another person to undergo conversion therapy, including by providing conversion therapy to that person, um, is guilty of an indictable offense and liable to imprisonment for a term of not more than five years. So, and I could go on and read, you know, more to it, but that kind of gives you the gist, you know, of it. Um, and so Brother MacArthur had asked that, that, and I know he's, he's not the pastor of the church here, you know, but he's a brother in Christ, and he's an elder brother in Christ, and I have great respect, you know, for him, and he's asked that, that we would take a stand, you know, with them, you know, on, on this day. So that's what we're intending, um, seeking, rather, to do. Um, and we, we know, we can state right off from the beginning, that these sorts of things that we're talking about are not the only kinds of sins. Um, there's all kinds of sins. Uh, and any sin, we've already said this morning, um, is, is, is able to damn a person to hell for eternity. So, um, you know, we have a concern, the sort of concern that we find expressed by Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24, if you want to turn over there, 2 Timothy 2, verse 24. And I guess that's, I've kind of, I've kind of taken from this passage, our title, you know, this morning, which is instructing those that oppose themselves. And I think that's, that's a good thought for what is happening in our day. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to legislate um, sin. Uh, we're trying to, to the, our, our, our governments are, uh, they're redefining things. Um, they're trying to make it okay. They're trying, trying to make it wrong to say anything against or, or about. I mean, we already know what it's like in our country for us to say anything against these things. What's it called? Hate speech. It's already being called hate speech. Um, so for me to lovingly tell someone that this is a sin and that your sin is, is going to be judged by God, you're going to stand before God and you're going to give an account for all the deeds that you've done in the body and outside of Christ... And, and apart from finding salvation in him, you are going to suffer an eternity in hell. That that's hateful. That's hateful. Uh, the, the world's, you know, upside down, as it were. And, and it makes me think of the disciples and how they were told that. Uh, that was the claim against the disciples for preaching the gospel. They said, these men are seeking to turn the world upside down. Well, you know, the world's already upside down. They were trying to turn it right side, you know, up, but... Um, you know, they were trying to change, you know, um, sort of conversion therapy, you know, sort of thing. Um, but Second Timothy 2, verse 24 says, <clears throat> And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. In other words, we're to, how, are we to, how are we to preach the truth? I mean, have you ever seen people stand on the, on the street corner and, and preach and they're just angry? What does the Bible tell us? We're to preach the truth in what? Love. We're to preach the truth in love. I, I look at that person and I say, that could be me. And if that were me, would I not want to be told the truth? Would I want, not want someone to be honest with me? Would I not want somebody to tell me the reality of, of what is to come? Um, that, 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 what, that what they're enjoying right now is just the pleasures of sin for a season, but there is an eternal damnation and judgment that awaits uh, those who do not repent and turn uh, unto God in Christ. So the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Isn't that <clears throat> a, a wonderful thought, um, you know, that Paul is, is presenting there to Timothy, you know, that, that really, I think, has application to what we're talking about here because we're being told, just like the disciples, did we not command you 
We told you not to preach in this man's name anymore. And the disciples answer and say, you be the judge whether we should do what you say or what God says. Um, and so that's where we're left. You know, we're left with, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really no different in, in one sense. I was, I was listening to a clip this morning where it, it, some of you know all of the, the battle, the legal battle that um, Grace Community Church went through with the state there in California, just being able to meet together as a church. And so <clears throat> they, they come back together, this clip that I'm watching, they come back together, um, you know, and, and, and Pastor MacArthur stands up and, and, and he hasn't even said anything yet. And there's just an eruption of applause. Um, and what it is is, is the people are, are rejoicing in being obedient to what God has called them to do and being able to do uh, what God has called them to do, even though the state says, don't do that. Don't do that. And that's really where <clears throat> this is. I think I'm going to have to ask somebody to get me some more to drink. Because that one little swallow that's left in that cup is not going to do it. <clears throat> so we're living in a day, and not just our day. Same thing's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we're living in a day. It's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun, right? We're living in a day um, where evil is being called good and good is being called evil. And, and that's really from Isaiah chapter 5. If you want to turn over there, Isaiah the 5th chapter, verse number 20. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. Isaiah says in the 20th verse of the 5th chapter, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isn't that interesting? You know, on the one hand, they call evil good and they call good evil. And we see that happening with these things that we're talking about. We see that happening in our day. But, but even when you get down to the part about bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, I mean, to call something that's bittersweet and to call something that's sweet bitter, thank you. And that just goes along with how things are being relabeled, you know, today. Um, but woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes. And they do think it's wise, don't they? They, they pass these laws and they think it's wise, but it's foolish. And they, they, they make these judgments and, and, and they think they're being, they're being smart, but they're being foolish. Um, woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble, and as the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. That's heavy. That's weighty. Um, that, that's awesome. Um, when you think about it, I know it's not in the sense the kids use the word awesome in our day, but is, that is something to behold. That is something to awe over. Um, not in a, not in a, 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 a way that somebody's committed this, um, you know, sort of incredible feat. No, it's a judgment that's to come. It's consuming fire that's coming upon uh, the wicked. But like we said, society is bent on normalizing these things, legalizing these things. So think about it, normalizing them, legalizing them, and then criminalizing them. You know, not criminalizing 
you know, the act of homosexuality, but the act of speaking against it, you know, because they've normalized it. You know, and because they have legalized it, it's wrong to oppose it, is what they're saying. So let's be clear, any sexual relationship outside the biblical representation of the bond between a man and a woman in marriage, sin. It's sin. Any exchange of what God has sanctioned in Scripture as acceptable in His sight, any perversion of real biblical manhood and biblical womanhood is wrong. It's sinful. It's sin. Those who join themselves to such perversions are in danger of judgment and condemnation before God except they repent. So we are to call sin, sin. We're not to be afraid to call sin, sin. You know, we, we looked this morning and here the disciples are gathered together in fear, right? And the Lord says, peace be unto you. You go forth with the message I've given you and you be at peace. You go forth with the message I've given you and you trust me. You go forth with the message that I've given you knowing that I'm over anything and everything that may or may not happen to you as a result. And know that what you're doing is what I've called you to do. And what you're doing is the thing that is right in my sight. And what you're doing is the thing that is pleasing in my sight and is honoring in my sight. And you're exposing sin. You know, the Lord says, if I had not come, you know, he said, because I've come, they've had no, they, they don't have a covering for their sin anymore. You know, the light comes and exposes what's in the dark. Guess what you are? You're light. You're light. You expose what's in the dark. How do we expose it? Lovingly. You know, it's, 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 I mean, as lovingly as you can bring a message of condemnation and judgment, you know, you know, it's, it's not a welcome message. Um, it's not a pleasant message. We we spoke earlier um, some of the things that Sister Shelby had brought up about Romans chapter 1. I mean, what, what I see in these things is that we are called to call sin, sin. We don't need to name it something else. You, know, you give it some other kind of name to make it more acceptable or palatable. Um, we are called to call sin, sin, and we're called to call sinners to repentance. And, and some of that, and we, we've talked about this before, some of that's just in the way that we live our lives. It's not always in us having a conversation with people. I mean, just by virtue of what you are and who you are among men. I mean, they, if, if Cohen's at a 4-H you know, meeting, I would be surprised if everybody there was a Christian. Yeah, okay. I'm waiting for Cohen to give me you know, his, his estimation of that. But, um, you know, they notice there's something different about him. They notice there's something different about you. Um, And so much so that whenever they say something that they know themselves, Sister Shelby, is wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry, you know, I said that. They know, they know. So they, they see, they know. Um, and and we're, we're, we're living that life before them in hopes that, as we said this morning, you know, that we'd have the opportunity to give an answer that we're to be ready to give to all who ask us of the hope that lies within us because they look at your life. And I've, I know there was a man that lived in the community. I can remember the Lord just brought to my mind <clears throat> that told you, Dad, said, I wish I had the peace that you have. He was a mechanic here in in the community, he didn't live here anymore. But <clears throat> dad had gone over there, and um, I hope my voice, I don't know why, this is, <laughs> I hope my voice lasts through the message, but, but um, he said, I wish I had the peace. What an opportunity. You can have that peace. Let me tell you how you can have that peace. That same man told me, you know, before he had that conversation with dad, he said, I, 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 I couldn't even walk into the building there. You don't know the things that I've done. If I came into that building, it'd probably collapse, you know, because of the sins that he had committed. Uh, yeah, there's, there's salvation for people like you. 
because I was like you, you know. Uh, the Lord saved me, he can save you, you know. Um, so, you know, we, we, we live before men to hope, to have that opportunity, to, to be able to speak to them. But your very life and how you live before men and your speech and the things that you, that you, will, that you will do yourself and that you won't do and the things they ask you to come and do with them, you'd say you can't do. You know, you tell them why you can't do those things. It is a witness. It is a witness before men. <clears throat> so it's all not just in us having the opportunity to preach the gospel because your life, you know, is, is indicative of the gospel. You know, your life is lived out before men. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So <clears throat> we see in Romans chapter 1, I mentioned to you to go and read that maybe later, Sister Shelby, but let's read some of it now if you all want to turn over there. Romans chapter 1, I think, is a good place for us to go. The, the Bible's not silent, you know, on these things. God hasn't left us in a, in a, in a quandary. Um, God hasn't left us in a place of questioning, you know, to use that cue once again. <laughs> Romans chapter 1, verse number 18 the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Has the wrath of God been revealed from heaven against sin upon this earth? You think of any accounts in Scripture where the wrath of God has been revealed from heaven against the wickedness of men? Yeah, flood upon the earth. Fire from heaven upon Sodom and Gomorrah. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth. So see what it says there. They hold the truth. They have the truth. They hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. That's why we say man is responsible. What may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So who's going who's gonna to be able to say in that day, I didn't know, on that great day of judgment? Who's going to be able to say, I'm, I'm, nobody told me, I didn't know. They are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, verse 21, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their bodies, their own bodies, between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause gave them God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Boy, if, if there's not a greater example of that than, than in Lot's situation, I don't know. Because you remember when Lot is there in Sodom, and those angels come into the town, and they're going to stay the night you know, in, 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 the, in the streets. They're just going to sleep there in the streets that night. And he compels them to come to his house. It's not safe for you to stay here. And once they're there at his house, the men of the city, all the men, young and old, all come together. And they said, bring him out to us. And the angel smite them with blindness so that they cannot find the door because they're trying to push the door down. And they weary themselves, the scripture says, they weary themselves in their blind condition, searching for the door so that they might satisfy their lust. And that's, that to me, that's, that's, that's the epitome of what we see here, leaving 
the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the rec- that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors. It's, it's not enough just to, for there to be evil things. They invent new things, inventors of evil things, disobedience, new ways to commit the same sin. In other words, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing, here we are again, Sister Shelby, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, and not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. You know, birds of a feather, you know, flocking together. So <clears throat> society's culture, cultural acceptance of these things does not change what God has said in his word. God hasn't changed how he, that he feels about these things and what he said about these things um, and the commandments that he's given unto us about these things. He has not changed. Men would like to think so. You know, men, Scripture you know, puts it in those terms. God says that, that you think that I'm altogether like you. <laughs> no, his thoughts are way higher than ours. Um, God doesn't change. We, we change. God doesn't change. Uh, God doesn't change his mind. God doesn't change what he said. He doesn't have to. Um, everything that he says is truth from the beginning. You know, there's no reason to change anything. Um, you know, we argue about whether, you know, something's a planet. You know, it was a planet, not a planet, planet again, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, God, just because man has accepted something, society has accepted something, doesn't now make it right. Though men would like to think so. Doesn't change the reality of its sinfulness before God, nor will it negate the eternal judgment that awaits men who persist in those sins. Hope. There's hope. Um, you know, there's, there's some sins when you think about sins, that even the sins that we just read about there in Romans chapter 1. There's some of those things that are more acceptable to society than other things. Um, and over you know, time have been more accept, acceptable than other things. Um, but this particular thing you know, here seems to be the epitome. Um, you, you see someone that, that has suppressed the truth, that, that, that has turned away from uh, the things of God, does not want God in their thoughts. I mean, this seems to be you know, a, a pretty deep, dark place that, that a man can go um, as far as these sexual sins you know, are concerned. And the things that we're seeing played out you know, before us today, you know, where a man says he's a woman, a woman says he's a man, and, and they can you know, change you know, that from day to day. And, and not only that, but they would have a surgeries to, 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 to make that more of a reality, but yet in their DNA they are what they are. You know, um, you know what, what they were born is what they still are. What God made them is what they are. Um, and and, and, and they, can, they can pervert all of these things. And they will continue to pervert these things. Is there hope for a person in that condition? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 9. I mean, as you read about these people in Romans 1, you'd almost, you'd almost think that, well, maybe that person's beyond, you know, hope. But we know that's not the case, is it? 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Places can be converted. Verse 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. But, and, and we know about the, the, the church in Corinth. There was a lot of stuff going on in the church in Corinth. Um, it says in verse number 11, and such were some of you. Isn't that hopeful? Such were some of you. Such were some of you. 
but you are washed. There, 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 there is a cleansing in the blood of Christ. You're washed. And it's not just that we've been, we've been saved, like you were saying before, that, that we've been saved from the condemnation of our sin and, and, and we've only been justified. No, there's a sanctification, you know, also. We've not been saved and left to ourselves. You know, we're not just been saved and left, you know, in, in, in that condition. No, we're being made holy. Um, be holy as I am holy. We're being made holy. Such were some of you. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit uh, of our God. So is there such a thing as a gay Christian? No. No, there's not. Could, now this is, this is difficult to think about, you know, but could a Christian fall into a sin like that? Yeah. Will, will a person who's a Christian justify, you know, that sin and begin to do what's being done in our culture and saying, this is okay. You know, this is, this is right in the sight of God. No. No. He will be the most miserable person on the face of the earth, just like any of us are in any sin we fall into, um, any sin we commit. Lord, I am so sorry. Lord, forgive me for, for, for saying that to that person, for doing that, um, for acting that way, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, there's, there's repentance. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us, the Bible says, from all unrighteousness. Um, you know, but for a person to go about and say, and, and I was actually reading uh, a sermon transcript this week where, where um, you know, the gay community was trying to take the relationship between David and Jonathan and make that into a homosexual sort of relationship. I know because you you like you you like that 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 uh, yeah uh, right yeah exactly. Well, you know what? If you're trying to justify your sin, you will twist and you will pervert anything and everything you can to make it right. You know, and that's you know you you you, you see you know David and Jonathan embrace. You see them kiss. And they want to make it into, you know, a homosexual thing, you know, uh, a perverted thing. When that's, and that, you know, when, when David talks about the love between him and Jonathan surpassing the love of many women, you know, then they, they, tw- they twist all those things, you know. <clears throat> so that's not, you know, that, that's, that's, that would be that person who says, oh, yeah, there's such a thing as a gay Christian. Let me show you, you know. Look, look at this. David was a man after God's own heart. Look at this, you know. And they, they twist and pervert these things and make it say something that it doesn't say. So here's, here's our message. Repent. Flee from the wrath to come. Now, that's our message for any sin. I mean, uh, adultery, fornication, you know, homosexuality, you know, all of the varieties of, of that that there that there is um, you saw the things that we that we read there in first corinthians six it's 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 you know thieves it's covetousness it's drunkards it's extortioners you know there's there's all sorts of things that are mentioned there um, any of those sins will damn a man to hell for eternity so our message is repent come to christ Repent. Turn to Christ. What is repentance? Hmm? Okay. It's a gift. Okay. What is what is repentance? Hmm? Turning. It's a turning. It's turning from sin to God, right? Uh, that that would be a good working definition of repentance. Let me add a little bit to it. Repentance is agreeing with God and sitting in judgment with God against yourself. That's what you're doing. I'm a sinner. God, you're right. I have sinned against you. 
I'm worthy of death and hell and destruction. I agree with you. But I'm asking for mercy. Could, could you show mercy unto me? It, it's, it's the Pharisee and the publican and him smiting himself upon the breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I agree with you. I'm a sinner. Be merciful unto me. That's repentance. So it's agreeing with God and sitting in judgment with God against yourself, abhorring yourself by reason of your sin. There's the smiting himself upon the breast of the publican and pleading for mercy on the basis of grace, not by any merit of my own, but in Christ. Uh, By the grace of God in Christ. So we call men to repentance because there is an all-consuming fire that awaits men who do not repent. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then we, and I've alluded to this, but now then we as are, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, society's already labeled that hate speech. And this sort of bill is, is taking it another step and, you know, criminalizing it to where there is a punitive, you know, component to it and the person can actually be, you know, imprisoned. You know, the state can come up with a new definition of marriage, but marriage remains to be what God's defined it to be. Men can say that they're a woman. Women can say that they're a man, but they're still what God has created them. It doesn't change the fact. It may change it in the eyes of the state. You know, people are, you get some birth certificate, I'm non-binary or whatever. You know, um, there's that question again. Um, they don't know. There's confusion. It's satanic. It's demonic is what it is. A person can tell us they don't believe in God, but it doesn't change the reality of the fact that there is. You could say you don't believe in gravity, right, Cohen? (laughs) But it's a reality, you know. Uh, Try to jump out of an airplane, you know, without a parachute and expect to survive. Try to sin against God and expect not to be thrown into hell, you know, as a result. Try not to repent of your sins. Try not to turn to Christ and and withstand God and think you're going to be able to stand on the day of judgment. None shall stand on that day apart from Christ. So it's not us. We haven't defined these things as sin. Who has? God. God's defined them as sin. God said it's sin. God said it's sinful. God said that the sinner is in danger of judgment. I'm just an ambassador repeating what the king has given unto me to repeat. You know, we're being told that we're the problem, that religion's the problem. We're the problem. You know, y'all are the problem. Your, your, your hate speech, y'all are the problem. Why can't you just accept people for what they are? Why can't you just accept our sin, in other words? That's what I'm saying. And what they're saying by that is, don't, don't say those things you know, to us. That's not loving for you to tell us that it's sin. That's not loving. What would be loving? For me to ignore you and let you go to hell? Would that be loving? We've we've already mentioned, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah certainly were not without illustrations in Scripture to show us that God's serious about sin. God's serious about sin. Turn to Jude chapter 1. And I'm almost done. I know we got kind of a late, you know, start. I think I started, just to be fair to me, I started preaching about 1144. So I've only been going about 45 minutes, okay? Jude chapter 1, verse number 3. 
Beloved, and you know where Jude is right before Revelation, right? Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believe not. And the angels, which were kept, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication. So here we, we have another dimension, don't we? That we think about Sodom just as, you know, homosexuality. But here we have fornication mentioned also. Now, there wasn't just one sin in Sodom. Uh, and we, it's, it's become synonymous, synonymous with a particular sin, but, but um, it says here that they'd given themselves over to fornication, going after and going after strange flesh, are set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Men, men are, man is seeking to legitimize these things, but God has condemned them. God has condemned them. He will judge them. God hasn't changed. Leviticus 18.22 Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. He hasn't changed. Deuteronomy 22.5 The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. What's, what's the point there? A woman still needs to look like a woman. Does that mean a woman can't wear slacks? No, that's not what I'm saying. You know, but <clears throat> a woman still needs to look like a woman, and a man still needs to look like a man. Do we not have that confusion in our day? Are there not men that look like women and women that look like men? You know, that's what he's talking about here. So whatever tends to obliterate the distinctiveness between the sexes is forbidden. It is an abomination to God. And that's exactly what we have happening in our day. Any attempt to, like we said, legitimatize or <laughs> legitimize, sorry, putting too many, too many words or too many letters in there, or justify sexual sins is an abomination in the sight of our Lord. There's danger. There's danger ahead. You know, the bridge is out. How loving is it not to warn somebody? How loving would it be to go out there and remove the sign and throw it in the ditch and let someone speed right off the end of the bridge to their death? You know, I mean, that's what the world wants you to do. The world wants you to remove the sign. Don't, it's hate speech. You know, don't, don't, you can't speak against these things. Um, How can somebody come to such a conclusion? It's demonic. It's demonic. It's, it's Satan's behind it. It's confusion is what it is. And boy, that's, that's one word that I could put over the top of, you know, L-G-B-T-Q, confusion, confusion. Don't say it's unloving. The world would say that. No, it's loving to tell people of their sin, to warn them, to flee from the wrath to come. That's that's loving. And like we said before, you know, the man who said, "Well, if I came in there, the the roof would cave in." You don't know the things that I've done. Well, yeah, I do, because I was once a sinner too. (laughs) You know, I once lived like you live. Um, I once lived for those things, and and I did not have what you now see that I do have in you now desire, which is peace with God, and you can have that in Christ. You know, so we have a message, we have the gospel to share. You know, with those who are in these places, there is hope. You know, for them, God saves. 
You know, such were some of you. Um, so we live before them as God's called us to live. We, 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 we preach the gospel, you know, unto them. And it may come to a place, a time in our own nation. Um, and it remains to be seen as far as Canada's concerned. And this bill that's passed, it remains to be seen. <clears throat> we may hear something in the news next week. Because there are pastors across Canada that are preaching against these sexual sins. And if the state has determined that that means conversion therapy, then there may be a lot of pastors that are put in jail. So, and it doesn't have to be pastors either. I mean, it could be, it could be people sitting in the pew. You know, so. But who's, who's God over whether that happens or not? Not the government. It's the true and living God. If I find myself like Paul and Silas in jail, hey, it might be that the Philippian jailer gets converted. You know, <laughs> you know, what might it be for? I don't know. But may he receive all the glory. So, Lord, help us to stand in the evil day that we're, we're called. You, you were born into this time, you know, Cohen, you were born into this time. I know I've been picking on you today a little bit. But, but uh, you weren't born 200 years ago when these things weren't an issue. You were born now. I was born now. This is the day, and these are the issues, and this is the time that God's given me to be what he's called me to be. So God grant us grace to be what he's called us to be in the midst of the people that he's called us to be it in the midst of, regardless of what the consequences may be, all for his glory. All right, well, let's, let's stand and we'll uh, go once again to the Lord in prayer. Pray for our brethren in Canada. Um, seems to be a new chapter, you know, for them um, in religious liberty. Uh, could be, so... Be in prayer for them.